Yo, what's going on, world? Welcome back to the Big Mouth Podcast. I'm your esteemed host, the well-known unknown, Troy Bailey, and we have... I, you're a regular now. Karen, uh, I'm a regular. Karen is a regular. What, you've been on like five times now? Four? I'm like Bob Hope with Johnny Carson. Yeah. Hello. hey yo, <laughs> Whatever the fuck he said. I didn't even really follow that show, but I knew the, you know, and Ed McMahon and yep. all those. So, welcome back, Bob Hope. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Karen, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Yes. Uh, Mr. As, Karen. as well as anybody can be doing in the apocalypse that we are living through. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's weird because we were talk cuz you know, we used to work together and uh even at work we would talk about I mean, just just ridiculous. And I know like you would post things on social media that was hilarious to me. Just political political like light it was kind of lighthearted but still yes. like intelligent and funny and I'm not, I've already made it very clear. I'm not very politically savvy. But when I talk to you sometimes, I'm like, shit, I should, because it's funny. Like, it's not even, a lot of the stuff is funny because it's, it's uh, these contradictions that that exist in our world. And whether you're Democrat or Republican, you can kind of see the, you you can, you can see the hypocrisies on both sides, but you do realize that this side is kind of doing a little bit too much and personally I think it's just because of the era the era that we're in you know in, in however 10 years or whatever I might be a Republican I don't know we'll see what the shift is I hope not well I don't know <laughs> man I don't, you know I don't see a shift coming anytime soon well maybe 20 years <laughs> I don't know well that's called party realignment and that's something a lot of uh, Americans don't understand <laughs> mm. <laughs> like mm. certain Americans who I don't want to name names. Maybe some people you know, right? <laughs> uh, who think that the uh, Democratic Party of the 19th century is the same party as today. Again, I don't want to name names. <laughs> I knew that was maybe somebody who did like a six-part episode <laughs> on this podcast might have that idea. Oh boy! But again, I would never name names. Yeah. This is all hypothetical. Hypothetical. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I don't like to use names either, but, but I'm just uh, saying, anytime that person I'm not gonna say if he is a man or a woman, anytime that person wants to debate, I'm open to it. I've 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 challenged this person. I challenge you. I I don't want to say I really want to uh. <laughs> Talk to him, but I really want to see where his brain is at and kind of bounce some stuff off. Because there's some, he said some interesting things on your podcast. Yeah. And uh, some of them were, um, I believe, pulled directly from his ass. <laughs> and others were sort of out of context. So I'd love the opportunity to just kind of, <laughs> kind of steer him in the right direction. But again, that sounds condescending. Yeah, this is all a, hypothetical. <laughs> Just a little. Uh, that 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 felt like the most casual WWE promo. <laughs> nah, fuck WWF because WWE. I don't even really pay attention to it. I'm a WWF of kid, nineties kid. That World was, Wildlife Fund. Let's go. Yeah, let's go, man. <laughs> let's make it. Let's take it back to those. You know, oh yeah, brother. See, but, I didn't even. I I never even. Um, 
really knew Hulk like Hulk Hogan was kind of I know I never watched WCW as well but I, yeah I, I uh, which is also fascinating to me that you never watched WCW I never watched it because I considered it an inferior product oh. which it was oh my goodness <laughs> oh, here we go it's a full I mean WWF was like all these younger interesting guys and w, WCW was just like oh here's Ooh. All the older wrestlers who have been around for a while, and they're going to be a little slower and a little more lumbering. Yeah, in the... but with the mix of the luchadors and the cruiserweights, like they had a nice balance, man. I'm, I hear you with the WCW, you know, old guy type of thing. But it was a, also it was it had a little bit of that nostalgia. And I watched both. I watched WWF and WCW. I had my time where I was kind of leaning a little bit more to towards WCW because the whole NWO shit and. Yeah. The invasion, and plus they had, it was almost like watching WWF on both networks. Because I'm watching, you know, Razor Ramon and Diesel, who will always be Razor Ramon. Rest in yeah, peace, Razor Ramon. I don't even know who the fuck those people. Because what I'm saying, yeah, you know Scott Hall and Kevin Nett, like, like I do, I do know those names, but <sighs> come on, when you got freaking Triple H, Steve Austin. The yeah, Rock. I mean, they're not even in the same class as those. Guys. I disagree. I disagree because yeah, no. with, without those those old guys in WCW, would the Rock be who he is? Would well, also Stone Cold. Be also, who he is? I think the WWF stars of the '90s had better acting coaches because I really Absolutely. bought a lot of those. I mean, do you remember the interview, Mick, uh, the the faux interview Mick Foley had with uh, Jr. where he like strangles him at the oh, end? Oh yeah. Like yeah, he does that's mandible like claw. pretty legitimately good acting on Mick Foley's part, like the whole interview. And Jim Ross, where yeah. he, yeah. But, but guess where Jim Ross? Well, well, you know, both of those guys at one time were in WCW. I know. Yeah. But also WCW, at least during the Attitude Era, seemed so much more like uh, PG. You know what I mean? There was no edge to it. I, again, I disagree. But you didn't watch a whole lot of. I watched both of them. Did you watch a lot of WCW at the time? I would tune over every once in a while, and I just wasn't during, impressed by what I saw. During the Monday Night Wars, you didn't. Were you not really? They didn't call them the Monday Night Wars back then. That shit now is kind of like yeah. taking on its own. But like you, you. So you watch? Okay, you watch more WWF, but you would go to WCW just to see what they were doing. Yeah, I I switched the channel for like ten minutes just to see it. Man, I'm telling you, that Sting Crow angle that they did—that was some of the most compelling shit in wrestling, man. All right, they also <laughs> did uh, the Shockmasters. So, well, all right, well, <laughs> you going? You went back to early that was that early 90s that's still the most bizarre thing I've ever seen I barely was watching wrestling at that time I had no <laughs> idea what that was until like maybe about 10 years ago I did I I started off thinking wrestling was uh what like it like I knew it was fake like I knew I knew it was, I don't remember if I did or not when I first started watching I can't remember well, you look at the punch, like, because you look at the punches and the kicks and you go, oh. Yeah. I mean, but you knew that the, you know, the body slams and the, yeah. you know, the shit that they were doing off the top rope was like, well, that's. Yeah, know, it's like, it's fake, but it's predetermined, but it's yeah. also, you know, the, some of the violence is very much real. Oh, yeah. Well, some of them guys have literally, you know, been crippled from oh, doing yeah. some of that stuff, like, and just messed up to this day, like. I don't know, like, you look at someone like, I mean, like The Rock, like, he, yeah, he works out every effing day, but you don't see him doing any of these high-impact anything, yeah. really, he, like, he looked like he can really fight, but because he also, play, you know, people forget he played collegiate football in the 90s, yeah. 
when, you know, it was way more smash mouth. And then, you know, you see the impact that they make on wrestling and, and the biggest stunner flop of all time came from The Rock. You remember how he used to take the stunner? Oh, yeah. His, like, feet would, like, his feet would, yeah, hit he just the rope. Like, yeah, like, and, and The Rock was, like, like 6'5", 260. The body moving the way that it would just yeah. off of a flop like that can do after yeah. years. Yeah. Can do damage. I remember when he, uh, his first movie role, before he started The Mummy, he had, like, a cameo. And I remember thinking, like, why would he want to be an actor? He has the coolest job in the WWE. Yeah, wait, what was he? Was it Star Trek? I know, it was, it was one of the Mummy films, but it, it wasn't no, the one he before started. That. Oh, was he in something before? He was in, I think he was in an episode of Star Trek. I didn't know that. Yeah, because back then, like, that was kind of like, because WWF was, like, losing to WCW at one time. So Vince McMahon's angle was like, I need to put them on a different, a different, like, platform, so to speak. So he would push certain actors like The Rock. He would try hard with Stone Cold. Stone Cold, well documented how difficult he was during that Attitude Era, would push back on that. But The Rock was in a couple of, like, he did, like, a talk show. He was on a radio show. He was on Opening Anthony show at one point. And then he, he showed up on an episode of Star Trek. And that was kind of Vince McMahon's angle into, like, promoting the brand more. Yeah. You'd have Bret Hart. Remember when Bret Hart was on, he was in Lonesome Dove? Remember that shit? No. Wow. <laughs> Karen, how do I, you're usually very good at all this obscure, knowing know. all these obscure shit. Uh, Bret Hart passed me by. Wow. Well, he was already in WCW by the time I started watching wrestling, so I barely knew who Bret Hart was. You know, oh. the only reason I knew the WCW people was because I'd buy, like, the wrestling magazines, and they were usually equal time, WWF and WCW, so that's where I'd kind of get my WCW information. But. Yeah. I never. I don't think I ever saw the WCW magazine. Well, they used to have, like, a, a general magazine for wrestling called WOW, A World of Wrestling. And that oh. will cover like both of them and ECW. I forgot. I actually watched ECW more than I watched WCW because that was what? on like a different day. It was on like Saturdays. It was fun. Uh, it was more fun because yeah. that was very violent. But you were in, <laughs> yeah, and you also grew up in Jersey, and that yeah, that, isn't that was whole, that a regional thing? Kind of because they, I don't think EC. The only time you would see ECW out here was on pay per view. And and I'm talking before ECW was an entity of WWF when it was just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they used to be on on like Saturday nights and I was like you know that was like peak violence and like, oh yeah I didn't like it as yeah. much as WWF because it wasn't it didn't have like that fun like yeah uh, uh, personal angle but the the wrestling was a lot more entertaining to me than WCW that's for sure. I don't know. I watch when ECW and I'm not with ECW. Yeah, like. In a, and that was, that was like, and then the Paul Heyman thing, and I was trying to like pick up on, because I would kind of at one point, I think I only wa I watched like a pay per view. That was the first time I got turned on to it. I had heard about it and how they like they were cursing, like they were talking. I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. I was like, whoa. There was kind of a like I think I heard one of the white wrestlers call one of the black wrestlers a black motherfucker, and I was like. Huh, and like the the violence, it was that wasn't what really like, cause I I was watching, shit. I think I'd seen Predator two, <laughs> around that time, and and that was one of the most violent. I think I saw the first RoboCop, at that time. Remember how violent that shit was? I've never seen RoboCop. Oh man, yeah, you went for a treat. If you enjoy <laughs> violence, I have seen that scene where like the. 
the robot blows up a boardroom or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was just one of them. That movie was ridiculous. But I don't know, there was something about it in wrestling that just kind of made it a little tasteless to me at the time. And then also, it, it just, I just was like, when, and the wrestling, to me, the wrestling, and I knew some of the wrestlers, like Sabu. I liked Sabu. Um, I like Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. I like Taz. I liked a lot of those guys, but just, and they really, when, when you saw them transition to WWF, I was, I was really more like, okay. But I don't know. ECW, even for me at the time, I was like, eh, it was a little bit too much. So, but, guns in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Believe um, it or not, we're not doing a wrestling podcast, although uh-huh. I feel like maybe we should, we should explore that one day. Yeah. Uh, well, we said we had to start off light, so yeah, and then and then ECW. Wow, this is an amazing transition. ECW. <laughs> well, it's less of a transition as it is not a transition at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Although I suppose it could be a transition because you were just talking about tasteless violence, <sighs> and we've had some of that recently. That was that was insane. Rest in peace to the fan. Like I don't even know. I haven't, this is one of these things I haven't really followed. I did an episode, of, uh, I don't know, probably, it was probably a couple months ago now about the shooting in downtown Sacramento. You know, put in my thoughts and prayers on that, thoughts and prayers on this one, because, I mean, everyone knows about it, the shooting in Texas. 21 dead, 19 children, two teachers, and here we are. Uh, I... Again, I it, when I first heard about it, I, I knew immediately I wasn't going to delve deep into this because my anxiety can only take so much, and so, and then the whole, and then I knew the next conversation was going to be guns, like gun control and the responsible parties, and then in my mind is always like, well, twenty one people just died. Do we really have to have this conversation now? And we're probably being hypocritical talking about this because I was like less than a week ago when that happened. And here we are talking about guns in school. Um, I don't know. So we're, you know, we both work in, work in education. Um, me not in, at the moment, but you're currently in the position in education. And that was a conversation. If, well, well, I don't know if it is in this recent in this recent thing, but there has been a conversation about Teachers having guns. Thoughts. I totally back it. It's a great no. <laughs> like, just, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I got, you know, you got to protect your family. Yeah, hey. Uh, uh Sorry. Mm. I uh, I like to laugh about tragic things, but not this. This is, <sighs> this is pretty gross. Um, and... How do we get to this position in a country where we're talking about arming teachers? Not to mention, you know, school, some schools do have armed guards now. And surprisingly, it doesn't matter when some shitbag comes in in full body armor with a semi-automatic rifle. It doesn't really matter. Um, and so arming teachers, first of all... Have you seen some of the teachers out there? Mm-hmm. You can give them all the training. God bless them. They're just not gonna. They're not gonna be Clint Eastwood out there mm-hmm. or fucking Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
also, does nobody just find that really disgusting? Like that we have to, that we would have to arm teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget about the part that you know, you know, forget about all the potentially tragic things that can happen there. Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a logical idea. Like, does nobody mm-hmm. want to examine? But oh, of course, nobody wants to examine anything in this country. We, <laughs> we just can't change anything. We can't even fucking put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill because somebody mm. has to bitch about it. Mm. So we have to keep a genocidal maniac who hated paper, the idea of paper money on the $20 bill because we're America. <sighs> and we have this rich, interesting history, and we're this really old civilization. Oh, wait. No, we're not. We're just fucking babies. Europe laughs at us for what we think is, uh, you know, a long period of time. Mm. Um I should mention I had a sliver of edible before I did <laughs> So in my mind, what I'm saying makes sense. A sliver. Yeah, well, hey, yeah. Um, a sliver is a lot better than the whole pie. Yeah. Um, uh, so, no, of course, nothing will change in this country. We have a group of people who make up about half the country who mm. are unwilling to play ball on this um even though even a lot of people who want to keep the second amendment still um you know are fine with background checks and the fact that we can't even have a conversation about background checks i mean do i it's it's cliche at this point but you know you have to be 21 to drink yeah you need a goddamn license to cut hair in this fucking country yeah and you can just walk in and buy a gun. And, like, they're, we're proud of this. And, and I, I, growing up where I did, <coughs> I grew up in New Jersey. And that whole region, I mean, I, growing up, I didn't know anybody who owned a gun. I never saw mm. a gun other than on a cop. Mm. Um, it just wasn't a part of my life. And, but I'm willing to see that, you know, there's another segment of the population that didn't grow up and the suburbs of New York City and they're mm-hmm. out on rural areas and they might, okay, yeah. I can I can at least have that conversation. But mm-hmm. when you start saying, okay, well, it just, it's unlimited. There's no rules. There's no regulation. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're the unreasonable one here. I agree. But that, but when you, when you said, uh, we're proud of it, I kind of go, but are we though? I don't know if there's this, I mean, we look at Texas and we know their laws are, much different they're they're shifting they're shifting their but they're less you know texas is always they've always been a controversial state i don't think and i don't and at this point they don't give a shit but they also do not speak they're a large they're the largest state next to california yeah but i don't think one state or one action speaks for the and this is obviously you know i'm sure you don't argue with this but these these i don't want to call that shooting an isolated event but in essence, it, it, it kind of is. It's not a representation of this country. But it is something that you do have to pay attention to and have these, these dialogues about, well, something has to change because there's way, too, there's way too much of this shit going on right now. And even though like we're laughing about it, we also are like I'm, I've had plenty of episodes about mental health. So. Anybody out there that would want to challenge like where I'm at, this is kind of a, a, 
I use humor to, to, I try to at least, in light of certain situations and try to, you know, be respectful to the, to the source material, the content of what we're talking about. I'm not going to laugh right after someone said someone has, has died, but I think what we're laughing about or we're trying to poke humor about is the hypocrisy of it. Not the fact that, you know, 21 people died and, and more people are dying of it. And, and this is the problem, too. Somebody who's going to listen to this is going to spin what we're saying and turn it into like, you know, the fuck are they talking? They're, they're making fun of this shit. It's like, no, we're not. So, again, it's like we're not speaking on behalf of the country, but I do kind of go when people say, well, we're proud of this or we accept this. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody accepts anything anymore. Well, I, I, I didn't mean that we're proud that kids are getting gunned down. I meant sure. that the country is proud that we not the whole country, obviously, but a large right. segment of the country is proud that, you know, we maintain the Second Amendment. The way it was written. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and this point has been made a million times, but they're fucking a bunch of slave owners and funny wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who didn't know what a goddamn, Mm -hmm. you know, fucking automatic weapon was. We're still following that shit as if they're, you know. Yeah, I am, and I I think I've said this before, I'm for the right to bear arms. Just to make it clear, you're talking about the right to remove the arms from a bear. Yes. Jesus. You know what's funny is like bears uh, are just, they are so, I think just over the past few years, my respect for bears has grown. Since you had to bring up slicing off bears, I have a lot of respect for bears out there. I think everyone should have respect for bears. Oh, yeah. Especially polar bears. By the way, you see a polar bear in Antarctica, you're probably fucked. Like, that's one thing I learned about polar bears. Like, they don't, they... they, It's not exactly like the land is swimming with things to eat. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, that's part of the reason why there ain't too many human beings. That's probably, I would imagine... You know, because they, they just, no, they, no they're just going to kill you. There's no sniffing around. They're just going to charge you. And unless you got one of them, I heard people who have like pet polar bears in a, like Canada or some shit. Can we just stop having wild <laughs> animals as pets? It does. It's, Alligators. Dude, chimpanzees. I don't know how that, that shit's uh, legal. Like, it always ends bad. It always ends bad. Anyway. Anyway, we digress. But. <laughs> yes, you believe in everyone's I, I, right to bear arms. Yeah. And to an extent. I, I, and that's contradictory of a liberal, I guess, because I'm, I guess, classified as a liberal Democrat. It's not. Like, you know, back in the day, people used to not have, like, uniform positions on everything. Like, right. there would be there would right. be conservationists who yeah. were also pro-Second Amendment. Now it's like you have to line up everything. Yeah. Do I believe the right to bear arms is outdated? Yes. Yeah. Do I think you're going to be able to challenge the government if they come for you? No. But you know what? <laughs> I think we're too far gone in this country to get rid of all the guns. I just don't think that's going to happen. But there needs to be strict regulations. You need to fucking pass some serious fucking tests. And anybody who doesn't want to do that is an asshole. (laughs) And I'm kind of suspicious of them. Because that's basic... You're carrying a thing that can kill a human being. You don't think you you need a license for this? You need a goddamn liquor license to open a fucking restaurant for fuck's sake. Yeah. No, I... I... And I... Probably speaking openly about this. I don't know what the statute limitations is, but I don't think it really matters anyway. When I was seventeen, actually, I think I was eighteen. I did have I had a, a little 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it could kill someone, but it was a six-shooter um, Smith & Wesson uh, that I used to just keep in my car. And I was 18. I bought, you know, you know it doesn't matter how I got it, uh, but I had one. And it wasn't legal. That's what matters the most. I can tell you where I got it. I'm not afraid of that, but it's it's beside the point. I didn't go do the whole process of getting it. The the reality was I was I was scared, and I'm saying this now because at the time I didn't think of it like that, but I was scared. Uh I might have been I might have been selling some drug affiliated product at the time uh allegedly and so maybe that was why i thought it was and plus i had a a couple people around me were getting robbed or shot or murdered so yeah that was when i think yeah i was 18 yeah now i think i don't know i really remember i was 18 and so i'll and then eventually i got rid of it again it doesn't matter how i got rid of it it's not beside the point but i was able to get rid i didn't sell it to the proper i didn't go through the the and so but the fact that i had it and i just remember that sense of comfort that i had when i had it but then the high levels of dis- discomfort when i had it in certain situations so the point that i'm making of the that i'm trying to trying to make if there is a point to it is like i saw the benefit of owning a gun i never had to use it i definitely felt safe in certain environments but then there was another side where I would be, I was around a lot of people and, you know, no one knew that I had it on me at the time, like at a party. I literally would feel the gun burning a hole in my pocket. Like I felt like this is, this isn't, I shouldn't have this because what if I have to use it yeah. or what if I feel like I have to use it? Yeah. I'm 18 years old. Like, you know, it's, I'm way, I know I'm way too I look back at it now, again, not at the time, but I look back at it now, I was way too dumb to have a gun. That kid, was he was a kid, the one who went to that elementary school. So that's when I go, control, gun control. I'm all about gun control. I should not have had that gun. But when I had it, there was a sense of comfort. So that's why, like, gun could, yes, we should have gun control. But yes, there's that other side, the argument of, well, that's infringe, that's an infringement on our rights. And that's when I go, I well, all right, educate me or maybe listen. And then most yeah. of those people just, they shut down on me. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, I didn't grow up around guns. The only time I've ever held a gun is in the jury room when I was on the jury and it was a piece of evidence. Like, Really? I've never fired a gun. And actually, I've always wanted to go to a gun range at least once just so I can say I'd done it. Yeah. Um... But I've never fired a gun. I never felt like I needed a gun. Yeah. And, but I can also appreciate that, you know, I didn't have the same experience growing up as you did. Where I was, I legitimately did not need a gun. Yeah. Um, there was, where I grew up, there was virtually no crime. Like, it just didn't exist. Well, well, for the record, I didn't, I, I felt like I needed a gun. Yeah. You know, I never used it. There was a couple times where in my paranoia probably I felt like I needed to use it but again you know my environment my environment was rough I think I was not rough in the sense of like you know I can't go out I can't go to the store without a gun but you know as I mentioned like you know I did have friends around me who were getting robbed and shot shot at I'd gotten shot at a couple times 
but I always but I always go back to like I I still feel like I had a good childhood yeah. <laughs> despite those things and I also feel like I felt safe for the majority of my childhood and then you know but my experience I know that there's other kids out there that couldn't that couldn't say that and then obviously you know you're the environment that you grew in was no crime so you just no nah, I'm cool I got into a lot more fist fights than than you know shootouts you know as a matter of fact I was a lot for zero when it came to fist fights and shootouts I never was in a shootout <laughs> but I've definitely ran away when I heard gunshots we ran yeah you know away from wherever it was coming from so yeah and it's I understand that we are a lot of people will shit on this idea, but we're we're two separate countries in a lot of ways. Kind of, and I don't care how many uh, poetic speeches Barack Obama makes. We aren't one America. No. It's, we're never going to be one America. We haven't been one America since the Civil War, mm. and we're only drifting further apart at this point. Mm. Um, I mean, I could get into my whole thing that I think we should just completely split up the country. But <laughs> you're for that. <laughs> 100%. Civil war. We're just not working together. But that would mean a civil war, right? No. I mean, of course. Because no one's going to... Yeah, but, but in my... Do you think we're going to peacefully divide? In my, in my utopian future, I see us just deciding to be 50 separate countries. Utopia. Maybe some can team up. We can team up with, like, uh, maybe Nevada or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I want, so Cal- I want California secession. I'm all for it. We're the fifth largest yeah. economy in the world. Let's yeah. do it. I, that's why I don't have any... If I was to move, I don't see myself moving out of California. Like, I, you know, I look at the, the machine that we have in California. Yes, it's, it's, it's getting more and more expensive. Um, we are, though, protected and isolated from a lot of the fucking craziness that's going on in the world, which I do appreciate. Right. We're kind of like, sort of like a little sanctuary from that. Not that there are, <coughs> I mean, there are plenty of crazies here. Oh yeah, but yeah. but they're outnumbered at least. And yeah, they don't. You know, they're not reflected in the government. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, even with the, you know, the recent abortion issue, which could be a whole other podcast. But I will, <sighs> I will tie it in a little bit to what we're talking about. It's just sure. like we, I can't take you. I can't take what you're saying sincerely. If you are against abortion in all cases because you want to protect life and you're not for serious gun reform. Mm -hmm. Because you can talk to me all you want about the beating heart and the snuffing of a life in the womb. Mm -hmm. But that, to me, is not anywhere approaching as disturbing as seeing the photos of the kids running out of the school. Like, if you're going to be pro-life, not to mention, you know, a lot of these assholes are pro-death penalty, which mm-hmm. is another. <laughs> so that's, not, that's another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's all the, you know, now it's all the rage for a lot of people on the right to be like anti-human trafficking. And it's like, that shouldn't be, a, everybody should be against that. Yeah. That's not something you brag about. That's something you assume about a person. Yeah. Um, but it's like, they... They, they don't, you know, somehow that logic does not get applied to school shootings. I mean, Sandy Hook was 10 years ago. 
any other rational nation, at the very least, the 12 hours after that should have had a bill mm-hmm. uh, enforcing some sort of new le- new uh, some sort of new legislation enforcing new new gun laws. Right. We're always told it's not a time to be political. Let's mourn. Obviously, that's a bunch of bullshit. They just want to change the subject. It's like I heard somebody the other day compare it to 9/11 and they're like, you know, wait, this recent shooting? No, not, not the shooting. Or... They were talking they were comparing the reactions and it was like 5 hours after 9/11, we wanted action. We wanted to yeah. <laughs> And it's like, well, you can't talk about the the gun reform because the school shooting just happened. Okay. So a week later, okay, can we talk about it now? And they're like, "Well, no, that was in the past." So right. You it... can never talk about it. There's never a good time. And also, there are other there are other talking point is Let's not politicize things. Yeah. Well, that's just code for let's just not do anything. Because well, it, we, you have to politicize some things. Everybody, yeah, it, it's it's natural. And I think that's kind of why, like, after this recent shooting, I just was like, I, I'm not going to be reading into this too much because you go down that rabbit hole of it. Because in order to do that, you got to go to the internet. Yeah. Like, you go to the internet, and we all know the internet is a rabbit hole. Social media is the internet. It's an extension. You know, we need, we need to quit separating social media from the internet, like it's this well, no. That's where a lot of people get their news. Yeah, but Just it's the disturbing. internet. It's like Google. You can is linked to the Google is an internet engine server, whatever whatever it's called now, and you can link your Google account to all social media platforms out there now. So it's the internet. Yeah. So you, I I will, I know if I go down that rabbit hole, it's gonna immediately within an hour after me hearing about it. The conversation of gun control comes up like it just is what it is. And so I'm I, yeah, that's why I was agreeing with you. But the difference with now and 9-11, like you can't compare it to 9-11 because we didn't have the access back in 9-11. Internet was still kind of and it's still expanding, but there was no social media back then. Yeah, which I, was more of a I he was comparing just the, the immediate reaction after and immediate mm. Iraq before the day before the day of September 11th was over. It's all right. We got to get these fuckers. We got to do stuff. Right. And with this, it's like, oh, let's just light some candles and move on. Mm. And some, you know, for some people, you know, there's there is such a thing too, and you know, as the enlightened centrist, who's mm. this person who believes every answer to everything lies in the middle somewhere, and if we could just. <laughs> Cooperate, And to them, I always say, like, okay, so civil rights in the 60s, when black people were getting hosed in the street and attacked by cops, mm-hmm. should we have found middle ground there? Or should we have gone all the way with, okay, these people are citizens. They need protection. We're going to well, do that. There's, now, there's not, I'm just saying, there's, and I don't mean that there can't be middle ground in the gun debate, yeah. but I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, and I heard this a lot too. Like, well, both sides haven't done anything. Okay, literally, one side is being paid not to do anything. Let's create a distinction. There's not. Mm-hmm. It's not always this. Like, both sides are bad. Mm-hmm. I'm so enlightened. I'm better than all of you. It's a very elitist like thought process. I've always thought mm-hmm. these people who think they're above everything because they're always in the center. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, there are some issues where there's room for for a happy medium, but when. Kids are being gunned down because members of Congress are being paid off by the gun lobby. That's pretty sickening, and that's pretty like, you know, that's. Uh, but I, how do you how do you 
Do you? But do you believe that it, it kind of has to start in the middle? You have to have this gray area where people... This is why I'm... And I'm... I, I don't want to sound like I'm advocating for the middle person, but I do believe that th- that part is important because there is a level of diplomacy that comes with that. So you kind of have to start off with meeting in the middle. Now, in the civil rights movement, I don't know if that's a good enough analogy because that was... that was pretty much life or death. Like, there was pretty much black people being killed strictly for being black. But like the reason I brought that up is because people will say the answers... Some people will say the answer is always in the middle. But in an instant, yeah. instance like that, no, there is no middle. There's only right and wrong. Well, with... Right, with school shootings, absolutely. But I think the middle... Is that what you're... Is that what we're still talking about? Or are you talking about with, just, with civil no, rights? No, that, that's what I was or talking about. Or just in about. general. But... Um, I just think like diplomacy is one of those things that no one really the left and the right that's why I'm kind of like one of those it's like alright call me liberal call me democratic but there are some republican views that I'm kind of like alright I'm listening in my and the thing is is like I can still listen to that I don't necessarily have to entertain it I don't have to like go with that narrative but if I can for once in my life, put myself in the shoes of someone that, which I try to do, like, during Trump's reign of whatever you want to call it. it Terror? There. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for you to go, because you knew where I was getting at. <laughs> call it whatever you want to call it, but sure. But that's from our point of view. Now, if I can speak to a Trump supporter, which I, I, do, I do, I can honestly say I've had friends I have friends Some or people that I know. Podcast. Huh. Huh. <laughs> she. And they are Trump supporters. But here's the funny thing. Some of them aren't Trump supporters anymore. They, you know, they weren't at the end of, of uh, his reign. He, uh, people were like, nah, I'm not. And a lot of it had to do with him getting the vaccine. I, like a few of them I've talked to. Oh, so they're not, they didn't come around for like the right reasons. No, no, it was just when he got that vaccine, it, it was like it wasn't the attempt to overthrow the government. Yeah, it was. It was you know January sixth, <laughs> January sixth, January sixth. Like, eh, we ain't worried about it. But that fucker took the vaccine, and I couldn't do it. Couldn't ride with him no more. But I've always kind of and they're good people. That's the thing. I know. There's a conversation of like people who support Trump are bad people. It's like, nah, there's a confusion there because that's what the Internet, I personally think, does to us. It confuses people. There's so much intel out there and you can experience an overload of information to where you go from one from one point to the next to the next. And then and all of a sudden you're upset because of you just picked up. You went down this trail of you can call it negativity or you can call it uh like like rational emotional react like like all of a sudden impulsive like you notice how people are just losing their fucking minds on airplanes lately yeah have you noticed that like i was nervous we just got we went to my fiance and i we went to hawaii i'm not gonna lie i was nervous on the plane <laughs> because i was like is one of these motherfuckers just gonna jump up and just ah Fuck this mask! Ah! And I, I didn't wear a mask on the plane. I wore, I had one with me just in case they tell us. Not one time they did a did a flight attendant say anything about masks. Yeah. But I was still for some reason. But I would see other people with masks, and I was getting nervous. I'm like, and then it's you know, it, that's just an example of how like 
I feel like collectively we're just like tense. Like, dude, I don't know if you feel it, but just like people are just like, it's a powder keg. And so that's why like I have to be. And I've been in one of those. Recently, I've been in one of these uh, positions where I'm like, am I going to have to put my hands on this? Or is someone going to put their hands on me? I'm with my kid. I'm with my family. Like, do I need? And I don't. I'm not trying to rationalize that as like a. Or I'm not trying to say that that's a rational way of thinking because it isn't. That's my point. But I, I always try to be. I try to, Karen, and I'm, it's not popular to be that person in the middle that at least tries to go, hmm. And I blame my dad for this because he kind of, you know, what about this, son? He's if people want to blame me for being devil's advocate, blame that motherfucker because he because <laughs> he was he is he does that to me all the time. And I have no choice, but not no. I do have a choice. I'll have to listen to it. But there's some valid points in being that person. Now, I get it to be that person that is always like, well, what is the middle ground to this is. It's it's impossible to talk to certain people like that. I get it. But I still try to be diplomatic in the sense of like, you know, because I really I really try to be peaceful. I really do. But sometimes I I get it. I just got to. I, I got to go away. I'm, I'm sorry. Nice, nice knowing you. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't think I've, and I know this isn't what we were getting at. Like, I do think that there's more good people out there than bad. Uh, someone that we know mutually once told, told me, uh, and it was very casual. It was like, I think that everyone out there is capable of doing great things and very bad things. Everyone. And I, yeah, I can't argue with that at all because I I agree, in some form or fashion. We can use Forrest Gump as an example. <laughs> uh. Um. Yeah, I just it is very tense, and it's just hard too because I don't consider myself, and you may disagree. I don't consider mm-hmm. myself to be that. Far to the left. Like I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. I think it appears that way because in this country we are sort of skewed. We don't re- like I feel like we don't have a good idea of what is right and left in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of evidenced by Joe Biden. Like to some people, Joe Biden's this far left figure. And I'm sorry, Joe Biden is nowhere near as left as Donald Trump was right. <laughs> like yeah. in a lot of countries Biden would be pretty conservative and a lot, in a lot of countries the Democratic Party would be the conservative party yeah. <laughs> like so yeah. I don't and if I lived in the UK I always thought I'd probably be kind of a centrist like I could probably see because I, I think some stuff the Labour Party has said in the UK has been a little maybe a little wacky for me mm. I just think I, 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 I still try to call things like I see them mm. I calls them as I sees them. <laughs> and I still try to... I still think I operate with just... Okay, let me look at this with common sense. And yes, it, in this country it appears I'm on the left because I think it's common sense that we should have a quality <laughs> healthcare system in this country. I yeah. think it's common sense that in the richest nation on earth we should not have this number of people living on the streets. I sure. think that's just common sense. But in this hyper politicized, polarizing world we're in, 
that's considered far left. And I'll, I'll embrace it. Okay, here I'm far left. I just don't feel like I am. Because there are, there's a lot of stuff the left does that makes me cringe. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of virtue signaling that the left does that oh, makes yeah. me cringe like fuck. Yeah. And yeah. also a lot of diverting attention from economic issues and economic... Uh, Americans who are struggling economically with sort of this virtue signaling. And it's like, well, we're not going to do anything about your plight, but... Here is a um, here. Here's like we're gonna we're gonna post the trans flag on our on our Instagram. I'm like, okay, that's nice, but like, let's get like a little under the surface here and talk about like real inequality. Yeah. And I think I've always thought that you know, racial justice and justice for everybody starts on the economic level. Like, I, I think yeah. there needs to be real economic reform. Yep. And not only is that better for everybody, but also. And I don't want to play to these people because there's still no excuse, but it it lifts some of the resentment that some of these people have toward minority groups if they're getting a fair shake. Suddenly it's like, okay, we don't need to scapegoat people. Mm -hmm. Like, we're we're doing that. I just think all change starts there, and in that way I'm 100% comfortable saying that neither party is even approaching that. No, no, Um, yeah. The Democrats say, you know, okay... We don't really care about you. Yeah. The Republicans say it with a smile on their face. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck you. We don't care about... Republicans are proud. The yeah. Democrats will at least be like, oh, sorry. We don't really care about yeah. you. The Republicans are like, we don't care about you and we hope you die. Yeah. <laughs> we programs. Get the fuck out of here. No. Yeah, it, that is one thing that I can appreciate about my, Repu- uh, uh, my Republican conservative friends. Very just upfront about it. Like, I, you know, you kind of got to talk in circles... And we're kind of in that same boat. We kind of talk talk in circles around like topics, but we leap. But that's why I agree with you when you say you're not as far left as what people think you are. I've always thought that about you. I, I've never thought you were like you know an extremist or whatever. Like no, nah, because you're you're still blue collar in the sense of like you'll work for yours. You're. I'm not even a socialist. Like yeah, I yeah. think there are certain things we can take from socialism. I don't think. Everything that's socialist is bad. I mean, the goddamn fire department is social. Like, mm. like there's mm-hmm. stuff to be taken from it, but I don't want to live in a socialist country. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know do, and that's fine. That's their beliefs. Right. Um, I believe in social democracy. I think I've said this on your podcast before. You know, capitalism for wants, socialism for needs. So as yeah. long as, like, yeah. people have baseline health insurance, education is much more affordable stuff like that then you know otherwise i'm i'm happy with capitalism but those basic needs need to be taken care of yeah. and they're not healthcare should not be a business and it is and that's a disgrace and that is so it is so unpopular as a democrat to say anything positive about capitalism like yeah. or just as a liberal if you say anything while we on the subject too we don't, we don't have that much time left but what is your what's your thoughts on billionaires like people who are billionaires or people that like are aspiring well, to become billionaires. Well, here's where I'm going to contradict everything. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, well, also in a way, though, I think if if I'm allowed to explain this, this is common sense. I don't think anybody needs to be a billionaire. Nobody needs to be. Well, yeah, fair enough. But what, if people want to, like that's a and you, that's a strong opinion. That, like what you just said, like, I mean, if we can at least be honest about that, like, okay, we know that though. No one needs a bit, no one really needs a million dollars, but 
if you strive for it, does that make you more of a person? I'm just saying, I don't think we're going to lose, like, motivation if we just, like, cap salaries at, like, $50 million a year in this country. Like, 50 mil? Shit. Yeah, All that's right. generous. All right. <laughs> I just, you know Cap what? it at 50 mil? You know okay. what? It's not, like, something, you know, it's... Cause I can do damage with fifty mil, like a cap at fifty mil. <laughs> shit, give me a mil, give me a half a million dollars. You I know what? I'll even be, I'll even be more generous. We'll cap net worth at a hundred thousand dollars. Again, I, <laughs> yeah, that's more generous. I have no plans. I don't know how this would happen, but I, you know, I do think it, it, if things were going better in this country, maybe I wouldn't mind billionaires so much. But it's like everything yeah. is wrong. People are on the streets. People are going broke and dying from lack of health care. And these, you know, these people, you know, and Elon Musk is throwing $44 billion around. By the way, fuck that guy. Why? Fuck him and his upside-down smile. <laughs> his fucking sociopathy. Why? why do we hate him? Why, why am I supposed to? I don't hate him. You know why him. we hate him? Because he's an asshole. Why Some is he an asshole? Some people are just assholes. But you know he's... Came out to state that he's on the spectrum. We were, we were having okay. You can still be an asshole. <laughs> it's very high functioning. But why is he an asshole? I don't. Get, that's why I'm still. Well, let's just. I mean, we'll we'll take it. Is I it mean, because he's a billionaire? Because no, it's because right. he's an asshole. <laughs> I mean, just the tweet alone he sent to Bernie Sanders saying, "I thought you were dead." <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry. It might be funny, but that's an asshole thing to say to somebody who's trying to actually like do something about the country. But isn't that what Elon, and Elon Musk isn't? And Elon, yeah, Elon Musk he, he, is, but he's doing it for a different reason. Fair <laughs> enough, but if it's helpful, it's helpful. Like I, honestly, the all the jokes about Bernie Sanders that ain't the worst one that I've heard. Like let's be honest, and Elon Musk said it. Like let's be. Like, yeah, we like Bernie because he's this, you know, kind of lovable, old, just angry Jewish man from New York who's been in politics longer than twice as long as any of us have been alive. But, but is it, is, is well, he an asshole? I mean, what, what's another reason why he's, he's an asshole? He's also just really anti labor, which I'm not into. <sighs> And have you ever heard him talk? He's just an asshole. He's I think we need to, to normalize him. calling people assholes. Oh, that's fine. I'm with it. I'm just, but, but I still want to have context behind why I'm calling this. But I can make up anything in the world. Because he treats his workers like shit. And he All fucking right. treats people I, like shit in general. I don't, and he fucking comes from money. So fuck him. Uh, <laughs> so that's what it is. It's and a, if I'm prejudiced against one group, it's people who come from a lot of money. It's yeah. like... I'm glad... I mean, there's still people out there who think Donald Trump is, like, self-made. I'm like, are you fucking yeah, high? Yeah, that's what I can't get with that. Are you yeah. fucking high? Even, even like, the, the people that I've talked to who are Trump supporters think that that part is bullshit. It's like, no, nah, we know. I'm not. The ones that I've talked to, at least, would, would you know, shake that off. Like, yeah, yeah, he came for money, but so what? At so least, what? Oh, so what? You know how much fucking easier it is to start out in any business if you fucking... No, no, no. I mean, like, they say so what is as, like, yeah, we know it's bullshit, oh. but they don't... They're not harping on that. We know that Donald Trump, he's an ass. But it, it, it wouldn't be as meaningful if he didn't just constantly talk about how self-made he was. Well, yeah, that's where he's a... Because he's a fucking... He's he doesn't admit anything. No. He's, he's a, never apologized for any... And somehow also it's a virtue in this country now to just never apologize. Yeah. And that's considered manly. I'm yeah. like, that's not how I was raised. Like, that's not how... When I was growing up, I, I was told it was manly to, like, own up to your own mistakes. Own up to your shit. But apparently yeah. that's, a, that's only women do that. Again, I'm not getting at anything that might have been said at your, on your podcast. 
only women cry, apparently. Um, what well, an alpha and a beta is. Yeah, I love people who, who are so eager to, to share that they're alphas. That's yeah. how you really know an alpha, when they go around telling everybody. Yeah, I, I never... It's weird because the, the, the definition of alpha, if, if that's what it is, has shifted over recent years. If that's the narrative of what an alpha is. And the individual that you're talking about is not the only one who also feels this way about what an alpha is and what a beta is. And I'm kind of like, that seems like almost the opposite. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, any, I think a, a legitimate, like, logical human being, logical or rational, you know, understands rationality is going to accept things for what it is. And if they have to cry or show an emotion, They'll do it, and then... Why do men have tear ducts? Yeah, exactly. Like, if we're not supposed exactly. to cry. Like, and I don't yeah. cry all the time, but it's not because I don't think it's manly. It's just I'm not that emotional. You're not that emotional. It's a care, It's a personality trait. Like, I didn't decide one day, I am an alpha. I yeah. shall not cry. I, I went way too long without crying, and I and it and it, it was not healthy. Yeah. It was, it was one of the most toxic things that I've done in my life. But, I, like, I... You, I didn't think... And, and honestly, also, I'm not, I'm passionate about, I'm not really that emotional, I've noticed that about myself, but I'm very passionate, and I think, shit, I think you've seen me cry before. Yeah. I think, I've, yeah, it's, it's not like, it's it's a passionate thing, and it leads to an emotion, but, you know, I, I honestly, I try to find every opportunity, not every opportunity, but if I need to cry, I gotta do it. Sometimes it's hard for me to cry. Yeah. Like, and that's what I realized, like there's a button that has to be pressed like an emotional button on me or or it, it was just tragic like i didn't cry when i heard about this shooting yeah you know i didn't no, cry. neither did i but i felt very it felt different than you know yeah. most shootings <laughs> i got emotional when kobe died well that's when i saw you cry for the first time i did right yeah, yeah the, oh yeah i got emotional <laughs> i got I, that those are things that i guess kind of because cause I look at the, the connection and the nostalgia and the, the, those types of things, yeah. I'm a, you know, call me what you want. Well, to me, the most, the saddest part of that was that his daughter was in the point of the that's, And that's what got me going. Yeah. That's what got me going. Just having a daughter and just kind of like, and then also I grew up watching Kobe. And I realized, you know, I grew up watching him and not really liking him very much because I was. Yeah, I never liked him either. Yeah, he just, something about him at one point that just seemed like disingenuous and. But, I mean, I, I, you could not deny his skill set. Yeah, and he, I think he grew as a person, too. He did. He did. At the end of his career, I was like, okay, I'm going to respect. He's legendary. People compare him to Jordan. And, I, honestly, yeah, he can be. For a guy that, for one, he stayed on the same team his entire career. I know we're shifting into sports. and whatever. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up. But just, just in regards to, um, you know, how – I think overall, like how we look at the world is is valid, and I and that's kind of going back into you know the gun uh, uh, gun control. <coughs> People have valid points on why there should be control and why there should be some freedoms to it. It's Memorial Day, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that are celebrating their freedom to own and operate guns, and they should, but. I don't know that they should. No, no, no. I, I, I think that there should... Not, well, but that's what I was going to say, but. Because you celebrate it by having it and having it in a safe place. And 
And if you want to use it, if you want to use it, I'm all for hunting. I'd like to go hunting someday. In my, I'm a hundred percent fine with hunting because I eat meat. Yes. If I eat meat, there's no reason for me to say somebody shouldn't hunt. It, exactly, and that's Would why I like I, to do it myself. No, I'm I'm a pussy. I don't want to kill the animal I want to eat. I'm, I'd I like would to be do sad. It yeah, but I can't get mad at somebody who does that. What I do not like is when people sort of fetishize guns. Yeah, and yeah. when it's a part of their identity, yeah. that cannot be healthy. And when people have, you know, I saw I saw a de- you know how people have the. Uh, the decals of their family, like the stick figure family. I saw a guy yeah. with like that, but with his guns, like yeah. giant AR-15 down to like a little pistol. Yeah. And it's like, these are, these are supposed to be tools. Yeah. If you want to, it, it, I don't, and listen, everybody has their interests and weird things. <laughs> I just think it's probably not the healthiest if owning a firearm is a significant part of your identity. Yeah. And when it's, you know, when it's making up for a lack of something else, whether it's, you know, penis size or uh, or lack of, you know, personal courage. Like, I remember, this was my favorite Joe Biden moment before Joe Biden became like controversial. When I, back before I even really knew who he was during the two, he, he's he, always been controversial. People, people forget he ran for president in 08, the year Obama got the yeah. nomination. And at one of the first debates with all the Democratic candidates, they were doing YouTube questions, and a guy, <laughs> a guy got on the screen and and uh, asked him a question about the Second Amendment. And he's like, I want to know if my baby is safe. And then he took out this, I don't know what fucking kind of gun it is. Oh, wow. He, he, looks... he took out this giant thing. And he goes, this is my baby. What are you guys going to do to protect my rights? And all the other Democratic candidates were like, well, you know, the Second Amendment, this, this, that, that. And Joe Biden, because he was born without a filter, just goes, hey, I'll tell you what, if that's your baby, you need some help, son. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the one of the few things that people would like about Biden is that he, in some weird way, he's kind of endearing like yeah. Trump. Well, the thing about Biden is he has he's been in politics so long that he knows how to bullshit, <laughs> but every once in a while, like what he's actually thinking comes, to, <laughs> he'll just yell at. It's somebody. like Joe, Joe, <laughs> come, come on, man, you know. All right, well, th- th- this was great. This was one for the books. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Karen. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's not wait as long next time. Yeah, I know, man. You know, life Always down to uh, to t- do t- one. T- I feel like we shit. were a little all over the map. We it was going to be just about gun control, but now I think it's like part gun control, part American culture, yeah. part wrestling, part wrestling. <laughs> I I really do want to do like a full episode on just like '90s to 2000 wrestling, like I, with somebody, you, yeah. anybody, like anybody that I grew up with. I was watching it because. I, I know nothing about wrestling now. Oh, I know something about it because I follow WWE I Instagram. I that. Yeah, I just look at it and I'm like, yeah, see, this is why. I guess I need that validation. I don't really watch hardly any TV now. So it's yeah. like the social, you know, Instagram. I'm seeing what people are up to. But I digress. No, the fact that we're all over the map is just how these episodes end up turning out. So it is what it is. Let's definitely do it again. Very, very soon, uh, just the scheduling thing. Got to map that out. So, Figure it out. Thank you, good sir. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Y'all have a good one. Peace.